I'm WSB's Mark Aram. The WSB 24 Hour Breaking News Center is on alert. alert. With immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, traffic red alerts from Cobb to Cherokee, Carroll to Gwinnett, Fulton to Forsyth, and all the rest. All the rest. WSB. WSB. Depend on it. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind the scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Obviously, hey, our top... Sean, how you doing? I'm good. Our top story continues, by the way, which is this preliminary deal, tentative Iranian nuclear deal that has come up. The president said that it will be unprecedented access for inspectors. He said they will never be allowed to build a nuclear weapon. If there's backsliding, then there'll be no deal. Claim that the sanctions had a profound effect on the Iranians coming to the table. Uh, let's see here. What else did he say? That Iran will have more inspections than any other country. And um, he said it's this is the best option for Israel. He did say that very specifically. He mentioned uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu by name and said something to the effect of, uh, you know, everybody knows that we haven't seen eye to eye, but that there's no daylight between the U.S. and Israel on this, as he said that he would uh, talk to Netanyahu today and try to convince him that this was the best way forward. I mean, again, let's make it very clear to everybody, this is not a finalized deal. The president called it an understanding. It's more like a the framework, an outline, and he was very open in acknowledging that several months of work seemed to be ahead. They're talking about maybe uh, talking into June about hammering all the details. So you have all these different things that were discussed today and talked about and highlighted, but evidently they're just the bullet points and the details of how you get there and how the Iranians give up all these different things. And then in return, the U.S. and other Western nations relax economic sanctions. That still evidently has not all been worked out. So it's just a framework, just a blueprint, just an outline. It's a tentative framework. I think that's the, the proper characterization Which of means this. we're going to be fighting over this for another couple of months. And I think a number of Republicans, what they heard today were a lot of ifs, you know, if Iran does this and if Iran does that. You know, what? I was also struck by in the president's remarks. And I, I, it's funny because I was going to mention this to you anyway. I've noticed it a lot more on social media in recent days from Democrats and Democratic lawmakers and strategists talking about, OK, well, if we don't get this deal, what's the other option? And the president and Democrats characterizing it as either you get a diplomatic deal with Iran or we go to war and attack them. And the interesting thing is, you know, I, well, I don't the president hear... actually said that he said pulling out of talks would likely lead to military action. Yeah. And, and by the way, I remember that 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 said as well about, let's see, a red line in the sand for Syria. Not exactly. Well, I thought it was interesting that the president has and Democrats have been so have been bringing that up repeatedly as if to create this this sort of feeling that, okay, either you you do this deal or those Republicans, they're going to drag us into another Middle Eastern war. And, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of Republicans who are very hawkish on this, but I don't hear too many of them right now talking about bombing Iran or anything like that. But so I I noted that, that I've seen it. And then we heard the president really say it up front today in his remarks in the Rose Garden. A number of fundamental flaws from my perspective and and the perspective of a lot of conservatives. You're not on board with this deal, Sean? Come on. Um, in you know, as this was going on, a number of things happened. Number one, we discovered that they had we discovered another site that was supposed to have been disclosed that was not disclosed. That was number one. Two weeks ago, they were chanting death to America. And then just yesterday, as you and I discussed, you have this Iranian general saying it's not negotiable as the destruction of Israel. 
so that's somewhat problematic. I think those things ought to be a prerequisite before any talks were to take place. Secondly, if they are the largest state sponsor of terrorism, uh, why would they not have to give up and change and alter their behavior first if they want such a deal with the world community? They want sanctions lifted and they want money coming back into their economy, which we're told, according to the president, was having a huge impact. Why not keep that pressure on them until they really show that they want to join the world community? So that these are three huge fundamental errors. And, you know, if we look at the the very things, if you look at the very specific concessions that were made just in the last week, it basically became everything the Iranians wanted on paper. And I'll go through them if you want. But well, if it's everything that they wanted, then why was it so difficult to get to that point? That's what I because still they, I, it's a great question. But that was the interesting thing. They kept asking for more. They kept raising the bar and America kept in the in the. Other countries kept capitulating. Well, what we've seen today, I think, by the president was really an effort as well to turn this focus and sort of pivot this to try to point back at Republicans, especially in the Congress. He said something to the effect of if the Congress kills this deal, then it's the U.S. that will be blamed for the failure of diplomacy. Again, you know, if you think back to eight years ago when he was running for president at this point in time, that was the basis for his argument, that there needed to be something different. Diplomacy, a lot of people mocked him, uh, saying that diplomacy was a better way to deal rather than threatening war, and, and Democrats were tired of the situation under the Bush administration. This is uh, clearly emblematic of that. Is it going to work? over the next couple of months. I mean, he said the number of centrifuges that the Iranians have have to be reduced by two-thirds. He rattled off a bunch of different things about them not enriching uranium for the next 10 years or or neutral, neutralizing the vast amount of uh, enriched uranium they already have, not allowed to, uh, to stockpile a lot of things. Will those details be there in a final deal? I mean, he talked about them as bullet points there, so we'll have to see what, again, it's a framework. It's an understanding. Right, but you and I both followed very closely the, the Democrats negotiating with the North Koreans over the many years. And, and, and this was a scenario that played out time and time and time again, where the North Koreans would violate whatever interim agreement that they had, they had come to. Then they'd come back to the United States with a whole list of demands, a lot of them financial, that they would pretty much extort money from the United States with all these promises laid on the table. And then they never kept the promises. So all of this would be contingent on a belief system that the Iranians somehow have had a change of heart. And I think as evidenced by their behavior in the last number of weeks and their public statements about both Israel and, and the United States, that they're not serious about the deal. And, and you and I had discussed that the only reason they probably in the end would go along with, quote, a, uh, an interim or preliminary deal or a tentative Iranian de uh, nuclear deal is because they want the sanctions lifted and financial uh, transfers of money that had been held up for them for a long time. Well, we'll have to see what the uh, the time frame is on when sanctions are relaxed, and obviously lawmakers in the Congress can have a voice on that, and uh, that's why I fully expect when uh, the Congress gets back after Easter, we'll see some movement most likely in yeah. terms of bringing up legislation to either hold the sanctions in place or to add new ones to that. I'll give you a couple of the capitulations. If you remember, the Iranian negotiator told Kerry that they needed to keep their enrichment capacity at this hardened uh, Natan site. Remember, that's the one that's buried deep underground, and they didn't want the enrichment going on there because that was an area that couldn't have been blown up. Uh, you can't use any type of military maneuvers to get to it, so we believe. That was supposed to be a, a red line, but Kerry capitulated on that. Well, you know, I haven't seen those details. You keep talking about hard and fast details. I'd like to see a little uh, detailed stuff out of the State Department and out of Iran, and I'm not sure we're at that level. I'm well, I'm reading it in the foreign press. I'm reading it produce. in the American press, and, and it's pretty much been across the board in terms of the reporting. I'll give you another example, is the Iranians demanded that they get to keep 6,000 spinning centrifuges. Again, that demand was supposed to be a trigger to an American walkout. Kerry said, okay. 
Uh, the, the president said in his statement, look, I don't, I don't want to be in the, in the position of making his arguments. I'm just saying I haven't seen details like that, mm-hmm. and I'm a bit reluctant to focus on things like that when I hear different things or haven't seen the paper yet, because well, I'm that's just, the whole thing. If this well, is just a, a framework and it's just an understanding. Have we really negotiated those sure. points yet? Well, look, I'm look not at, look at sure the case. That we have. It has been so widely uh, reported about the issue of the Iranians keeping their enriched uraniums. That was supposed to be a deal breaker, but in the end, apparently, they'll be able to keep it. He said, "Look again." The statement from the president was the vast majority of enriched uranium will be neutralized, and they will not be allowed to enrich any for the next ten years. That's from my notes. All right. No new construction for heavy water reactors. What about the old ones? Again, we haven't seen a, a detailing of what exactly is in this framework. That's why I think yeah, that well, again, John Kerry it, said that. He said no new ones. He actually okay. was very specific about it. Well, we'll have to see. That's why I still believe that the Congress is not going to be pleased with this on the Republican side and a lot of Democrats, too. But will they act any, uh, you know, to move on it? Uh, to me, this is still something that's being formed and being put together and for the next three months, basically, is what it sounds like in June. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, we'll see how this all plays out here, but I think... Ultimately, um, there's no way I've talked to friends in Israel and they're viewing this as Munich, too. That's how they view this. They view this as a total, complete capitulation and a lack of any fundamental understanding of the danger of radical Islamists now married up to potentially over the years weapons of mass destruction. So, you know, I just I I think they wanted this deal so bad you cannot negotiate from that position of weakness. I think it's just a all around bad way to handle things. Anyway, what else is going on? Uh, obviously, we've got the big story here being the indictment of Senator Robert Menendez of New Jersey. He was uh, appeared in court today, a uh, day after a federal grand jury in New Jersey handed up the indictment against him. Uh, Sean, have you read through that indictment? I, I mean, it's just it makes you shake your head. And we were talking about it in the press gallery today about how much stuff is in there. I mean, his argument is this doctor, this eye doctor down in Florida, that's his friend, that it was OK for his buddy to shower him with free plane flights, private jet flights, vacations, and more. And I guess, you know, we could probably imagine there's probably people listening out there, somebody who has a very wealthy friend who might fly them places or something like that. But when it involves a senator, an elected official, that raises red flags immediately. And when you take multiple private jet flights down to the Dominican Republic or down to Florida or you have things bought for you, you're sent on a vacation to Paris that you don't pay for and you don't put those things down on your ethics reports and your financial disclosure you know, I, I sort of look at it. No wonder the feds got interested. Now, can they take this from an indictment to an actual conviction? That's a little different. Ironically, the last guy to be uh, brought up on bribery charges and convicted 35 years ago, also a Democrat from New Jersey, Harrison Williams. You may remember, yeah, remember him from Abscam. Uh, what do we know about uh, what their defense is in all of this? And, you know, apparently they were friends for a long period of time, and Menendez is denying all charges, and there's a lot of people out there that think there might be some political motivation because he was against this Iranian deal and had taken on the administration on a few other things. I don't know. I, I mean, they started this investigation several years before we were getting into any Ar- Iran deal. 
So, I, I mean, uh, I don't hear much about the, – the only people I hear the talk about that aren't on Capitol Hill. Let's put it that way. I don't hear much of that kind of uh, sort of conspiracy theory stuff from people on the Hill. Menendez has been under the microscope for a few years now from the feds. You know, you look at some of the things that supposedly he gave back to this doctor in exchange for some of these gifts, as the feds allege. Uh, for example, they said that Menendez leaned on officials at Medicare because they were in a, a billing dispute with the doctor, that they uh, that he leaned on uh, the feds to try to help this guy get a contract for cargo screening that he was operating in the Dominican Republic, that uh, the Menendez staff pushed on immigration officials to get visas for this doctor's girlfriends to come into the country to visit him. So there's a lot of stuff there. Can they prove that it was actually, in a but, sense, but here's a, the a other trade? Thing. Is is that was there a can you show a quid pro quo? Exactly, especially if you have quid pro quo. Yeah, especially because they have an established friendship long before a lot of this happened. And was he was he or was he not a constituent? But it really doesn't matter because well, he's I mean, not a constituent. The joke has always been that Florida has three senators, and you know. Yeah, okay, um, so he's not a constituent, but that doesn't mean that you know. I, no. For example, I am literally like. Um, how do I say? I'm, I'm like a homeless. I'm like childless. I'm sorry, parentless or senatorless. I can't go to Chuck Schumer. I can't go to, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand. Um, I can't go to my local congressman who okay, hates let's my guts. Steve you go Israel. To a senator and but you I, ask but wait a minute, for but, help. Yeah, but I could. But I could call other people that I know that I would and that's ask fine. for help. Let's say you call Senator uh, Senator Jones and you say, Senator, you right. know, I, I need some help, and and he helps you. Right. Did you buy him? First class, uh, private. Did you pay for a private jet to fly him down to your vacation compound in no. the Caribbean? I'll you give know, I'll you. I'll give you one example. I I was on tour and I was uh, I actually had a, a flight and, and Connie Mack was with me and he couldn't get on my plane even though he was going on a, another plane directly down there with him. You know because of ethics laws, which I thought sure. was stupid. Now we're, we happened to be friends before. And during his time as a congressman and after, and you know what? Those are the rules, so he couldn't go. I ran into Connie Mack one time outside uh, a University of Florida football game where there was a gigantic brawl going on. And I said, Senator, you want to ride back to D.C.? You can ride yeah. shotgun with us. <laughs> what did he say? He said, no, that's okay, Jamie. I'll fly back to Miami. That's uh, fine. See, that would be unethical. Jamie Dupree trying to, trying to suck him into an, a, an ethics trap of some kind. I guess kind. I wouldn't have made him pay for gas. It would have been okay. You did, yeah, if you made him pay for gas, that would work. <laughs> and he had to have receipts. That's right. That's right. right, So that's the whole thing. When you look at the indictment, was there a quid pro quo? That'll be a big battleground in this action. All right, Jamie Dupree in uh, Washington today. See you, Sean. All right, sir. Thank you. We'll continue more of our top story when we get back. And then later, Tamara Holder is going to join us. This pizzeria in Indiana now has had to close down because of the brouhaha over this Religious Restoration and Freedom Act. Uh, So we'll get to that. Hey, listen, it's Easter on Sunday. You still have time to get this incredible deal and incredible, beautiful bouquet. And you can surprise grandma, grandpa, uh, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your mom, your dad, uh, with the most amazing spring bouquet. It's called the Spring Tulip Bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, this is their deal. And these are beautiful flowers. I mean, you're talking about purple and orange and yellow. I mean, just beautiful tulips. You get 30 multicolored tulips. Warm, bright, colorful, looks great on any Easter table. For 30 bucks, and you get a free box of delicious chocolates. 30 tulips, free box of to- chocolates, 30 bucks. And you can only get this now, in time for Easter, if you go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, you can use your desktop, your mobile device, click on the radio microphone in the upper right-hand corner, 
Put in my last name, Hannity, to get this great deal. 1-800-Flowers.com. 30 spring beautiful tulips. Box of chocolates for 30 bucks. It's 25 bucks off the regular price. 1-800-Flowers.com. Enter my name, Hannity. Or call 1-800-Flowers and just mention my name. In a sea of government lies, he's the beacon of truth. This is the Sean Hannity Show. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.